Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Well, I have entitled this teaching, guys, as the panorama of spiritual warfare. The panorama of spiritual warfare. And due to the fact that Revelation 12 brings us into what we would call the battlefield of spiritual warfare, okay? This chapter, if you're taking note, it's going to talk about seven familiar characters renamed here according to the characteristics of their personalities. So it's a little bit different. Now, here's what you need to know. Since Satan's fall from heaven... Earth has been a battlefield from the beginning between Satan and God. You understand that? It's a battlefield. And I know we don't like to, I know we don't like to see that. We don't like to feel like we're in some sort of chess game or some sort of checkers between good and evil. And, but, but ever since Satan fell, Earth has been a battlefield. But from the beginning, church, listen, God has been declared the winner. Okay, Satan is the loser. Now, here's what we need to know. Satan knows that he will lose in the end. But he keeps on trying and trying. And I'm reminded through Scripture that we will win. Can I get an amen? We're going to win. Now, you guys said that like you don't think you're going to win. Like we win. Amen? Okay. But what I want to point out is, if we're going to win, why do I often want to give up? Like, I know we're going to win. Like, like I get it, Linda, we're, going to, we're winning, we're going to win, right? We're, and yet, in my life, if I'm being honest, there are times I want to give up. There are times I want to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm tired, and that amazes me. And maybe you feel the same way. Maybe there's times in your life where you go, I have had it. I'm done. Lord, this Christian thing is hard. All I did is open up my heart. I invited you inside. And well, listen, we're going to see exactly what happened. So you see, in chapters 12 to 14, guys, they'll take us from the fall of Lucifer in times past to the great tribulation with the Antichrist world leader. And in this portion of Scripture, we're going to see the Satanic Trinity. Okay? You go, what's that? We're going to see the devil, the Antichrist, and the false prophet all come together. Now, maybe as you were growing up in Christianity, you just thought, well, in the end times, I'm going to fight the devil. I mean, we're, it's the devil. But, but you see, Satan always counterfeits God. And God has a holy trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. Well, Satan's going to counterfeit this with what we call the unholy trinity, which is the devil, okay, Satan, he's going to have the Antichrist, and then there's there's going to have what we call the false prophet, the false prophet. So for you and I to look and go, well, who's, where's the Antichrist? Where, who's the, is that him? Is that, why is, no, you, you gotta remember, we're, we're looking, we're gonna be looking specifically for two entities, but Satan himself actually entering into the person called the Antichrist. So you're just like, oh, 
well, who's the false prophet? But we see that here, they're all going to come together. Now, listen, listen, guys. When preparing for battle, it's important you know who your enemy is. It's important to know the strategies he uses. You see, in the Bible, God tells us how to make the best defense against Satan. He tells us. And so we have to really grasp and understand. Now, here's my heart to you. My heart to you guys is that we would have a solid foundation every single day, waiting for the return of the Lord. I've told you before, oh, how I would love to come up and preach rah-rah and excitement and, and, and motivation. But right now, in the world the way it is, we, I have to give you, I have to give you the meat and the potatoes. And, and, and again, this is one of those things. I've got to tell you what is going to happen so we're ready. But you go, Ben, we're not going to be here. That's right. But somebody you know might. And so it's good to go and grasp. Chapter 12, guys, is a great chapter. We find, I mean, think about this. In it, we find great wonder in verse 1. And we'll see a great dragon in verse 3. Great wrath in verse 12. A great eagle in verse 14. And throughout this chapter, we, gain some, we, we get some great insight about our enemy. And we get some great insight in the battle we're in. Okay? Now, here's what I want you to understand. You are in a spiritual battle. You're in a spiritual battle. Things are going to happen. You're going to see things, and, and usually it's going to come from the least expected places. Usually you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Listen, I can, I can handle a one-on-one frontal attack. Hey, okay, I'm, I'm ready to fight. But when it hits you from, your, from the side or you're blindsided, that's what trips us out. That's what really freaks us. Well, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't think my... And whoever it might be, whatever relationship you, I didn't think they would come hard against me because I'm trying to serve you. I'm not sure. What's, and it, it really, this is hard. We're in a battle and Satan knows that. But tonight we gain some insight, guys, about the enemy. And we find the source of our, where our victory lies. This chapter also gives us some insight into the bigotry that has been directed against the Jews for centuries. A few things that are happening in the world today, this is not part of my notes, but there's something you need to know. Okay? Back in the 80s, um, I remember back in the 80s, there was a big influx, influx of UFOs. They were always out there, and we used to go out in the night sky, and did you see the UFO? And they were always on the news, and that sort of went away through the 90s, and they didn't talk a whole lot about it anymore. And he was like, now, here's what we were told. When we were Christians in the 80s, and we said, okay, there's a UFO. Well, they said, the rapture, this is how they're going to explain the way the rapture. Well, UFOs came, and they took away people. They carried them away. And everybody went, oh, oh, did you see that light? Well, guess what? Guess what's made a, a brand new appearance recently? UFOs. And now they're coming back in mainstream media a lot. UFOs. UFOs. What, what is that about? What is that about? That's the first thing. The second thing, even today, that you guys need to know to prepare your hearts before we jump into Revelation is that Russia has actually set up some military forces there in Syria. And the question is why? Because in our Ezekiel 38 and 39 study, we know that Russia is going to be pulled in by something. And I wonder what, what's going on? But we know it's happening. We know it's happening. 
We know that behind the scenes, guys, behind even the, the latest attacks in, Russia, in Israel, we know what's happening, that Turkey and Iran and Russia have all been secretly meeting. This is, this is, this is what's going on. This is, this is what's happening. Listen, I told you you were going to read the Bible like a newspaper. You're going to read it like the headlines, and you can see Ezekiel 30. Now, here's the point. The point is, is, is prepare your hearts. Get ready. Okay. And what I mean by that is you know you're saved. Enjoy your life. Don't, don't get caught up in drama. Be careful not to be pulled down by all the little things that want to, to entangle you. All we have is today, church. All we have is today. What else is going on in the world? UFOs. We have all kinds of weather patterns, kind of weird. Different, different you know, stuff going on in Israel. And uh, I read in the newspaper today um, that uh, our, the current administration has promoted a pipeline in Russia as he closed down our pipeline here. And you know what that means? That means that Russia is going to be rich. And you go, well, what's the big deal? Here's the big deal, guys. I'm trying to piece together what, what this could look like moving forward. Interesting, is it not? Interesting. Well, as we get into Revelation, guys... Some of the themes we're going to be discussing today in this chapter, spiritual warfare. But here's what I want you to know. Back in our chart, okay, back. Jot this down, guys. Chapter 12 through 14, they, it, it almost unfolds like a play. You, you, right? It's almost like a play. You're going to see this, okay? And what chapter 12 does is it introduces the main characters. So all of a sudden, welcome to chapter 12. And he's going to introduce characters so you know what's going to happen in the next three chapters. Okay? Very, very important. Okay, kind of like a play. Now, let's read it together, guys. As we go through, it says in chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now, a great sign appeared in heaven, and a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor, and in pain gave birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery dragon, having seven heads, ten hordes, and seven diadems on his head. And his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was the rule of all nations and the, with the rod of iron. And her child was caught up to, to God into his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. We're only going to cover these verses because there's a lot there. Okay. So chapter 12 again, he's going to give us some more, but, but let's talk about the woman. Did you, did you notice something in the description? You go, well, Here's the thing, right? Notice what John writes. He says, and a great sign appeared in heaven. The best way to illustrate this, if you can grasp this, is if you had a remote 
and then you're clicking from station to station. Okay? So all of a sudden, John's going, boom, that's, this is earth, and he's showing us what's going on in earth, and he's like, oh my goodness, all the trees are dead. Oh, the water, the, the fresh water, the salt water, the, all of this is going on. And, oh, the, and then he'll go click, and he'll show us what's going on in heaven. And so there's a lot of signs. Now, remember, I've got to let you, I've got to remind you, okay? Think about this. You need to know that, remember, Nero was a crazy king. A crazy emperor, okay? So if John would have said, hey, by the way, and he just he just talked in normal terms, Nero would have caught that and said, no, no, no. So he talks in symbolism, and he talks in a way that the Old Testament saints would grab it, and the, the Jewish people would grab it, understanding because they knew the Old Testament. You understand that? And so, again, if we're going to, and, and, and here's going to be, here, here, here's my struggle, okay, guys? I was praying to the Lord today, and this is honest confession. I was praying, I said, Lord, I don't just want to give them knowledge. I, I don't just want to go, okay, here's this, here's this, here's why, here's why, here's why. And everybody goes, cool. I want them to grasp this, but see how beautiful and wonderful you are. But the point of understanding the scriptures is that you guys go, oh, I can trust the Bible. It brings validity to the word of God. Okay, okay, I can trust in my salvation based upon his word. That's where the foundation comes in. Right here. You've got to have that foundation. And so let's talk about what he, what he saw. Look at verse 1 and 2, guys. He says, now a great sign appeared in heaven. What was the sign, John? A woman clothed with the sun... And the moon under her feet, and a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor, and in pain she gave birth. Your attention, please. Where are we in the, where are we in this? We're in the middle of the tribulation. We're three and a half years in. Okay? We're following it chronologically. You guys with me? But do you remember 2017? There was a lot of video surfacing saying that the constellation in the stars shows a woman with the sun and the, and it, it described this exactly. It said she was clothed with the sun and the way it looked and the way they, I don't, you remember that? And everybody was like, that's going to happen. It's the Lord is going to, this is 2017. It freaked everybody out. On September 23rd, we literally thought the world that Jesus was going to come back. Because that's exactly where this constellation of stars was right over Israel. Do you remember that, Mike, at all? Do you remember? It was nuts. And people are like, oh. But contextually, where are we, Amanda? We're in Revelation. So we can't pull this verse out of context, can we? And say, this is, and guess what? 2023 came, 24th came, 25th came, here we are, 2021. The reason people were saying that, guys, is because it landed up right with the Jewish feast. Okay? The Feast of Trumpets. So you have this constellation, if you drew it out, and I mean, you had these guys on YouTube Jesus is coming back. Be ready. He's coming back September 23rd, somewhere between 4 in the morning. And it freaked people out. This is in the middle of the tribulation. So who is the woman? Who's the woman? Okay. Well, there have been a number of suggestions. 
Okay? Let me give you the most popular. The most popular people will raise their hand and say, this is the Virgin Mary. This is the Virgin Mary. Okay? But there's problems. There's problems with that picture. Why? The first is being that Mary is seen here having pain in heaven where there is no pain. That's one. Second is in verse 6, it says that Mary fled to the desert to a place prepared for her by God that she would be taken care of for 1,260 days. But that never happened to Mary, did it? So we have to be real careful as we start to, well, this is my interpretation. Okay, so a lot of people go, that's the Virgin Mary. I even had one guy tell me that was, and, it, and, and it's not, it's not. It, the, the, the text doesn't support that. Other people suggest, no, 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 it's not Mary, it's the church. It's the church. That's what he's talking about the church. But that doesn't make sense either because the church didn't give birth to Christ, did he? Christ gave birth to the church. You're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So who is this woman? Good question. Okay. Well, verse 1 gives us a clue. Okay. Notice verse 1b. It says, a woman is clothed with what? The sun and the moon under her feet, and she had a garland of 12 stars. If you recall the constellation, you probably don't, but if you did, there were 12 stars that actually were around her head. That's why everybody freaked out. But what is, he, what is she saying here? Well, let me give you her identity. To understand the passage, okay, now I want to give you some, some foundation, okay? We need to let Scripture interpret Scripture. This is where it's important you grasp this. This is important where you take note, where you make reference, where you put arrows, you highlight, you understand that. Why? Because we need to understand who he's talking about. This is none other than the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel, depicted in the sun, the moon, and the 12 stars. This is Israel. The idea is mentioned only one other time in the Bible, and its reference is to Israel. You go, how so? Well, in Genesis chapter 37, you guys have already studied that, but you can turn there. Turn with me there real quick. If not, you can look at it on the screen, but here's what I want you to see. Genesis 37 in 1 says, Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17-year-old, was feeding his flock with his brothers, and the lad with the sons of Bilhah, the sons of Zilpah, his father's wife. And Joseph bought a bad report to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. He also made him a tunic of many colors. You guys remember that. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him because he could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream. Here we go, guys. And he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There were, there we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves all stood around and bowed to my sheaf. And his brother said, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he still dreamed another dream. Here it is, guys. And he told it to his brothers. Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and your brothers indeed come and bow down the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept this matter 
in mind. Now, this is what, this is, we're letting Scripture interpret Scripture, okay? So, this is Joseph's dream, where the sun and the moon and the eleven stars refer to the first time in a figurative sense, guys, in the study of hermeneutics, which is the law of interpreting Scripture, one such law you need to write down is the law of first mention. You always got to, okay, where was this mentioned first? Okay? The way something is used first in Scripture sets its tone for the interpretation throughout Scripture. We were talking about, about the thorn in Paul's side. Well, you have to go back to the thorn and you have to learn the law of hermeneutic. Where was it first mentioned and how was it used? This will keep you safe instead of going, well, I thought it was, well, I thought it was a bad haircut. I thought the thorn in his side was the literal thorn. I'm not sure what it means. And, and so again, this is what it is, okay? So based upon this, guys, based upon this, Genesis 37, Joseph has a dream that the sun and the moon and the stars were bowing down to him. Well, who is Joseph's father? Jacob, okay? He changed his name from Jacob to Israel, you're going, whoa, okay, I'm, I'm starting to see something here. And his 12 sons, what are they? They make up the 12 tribes of Israel. You're like, okay. So by cross-referencing, guys, Genesis 37, this helps us to identify the woman as the nation of Israel. Okay? This is what it is right here, the nation of Israel. So what does he say? He said, whoa, I saw something. I saw this woman. Her pregnancy, look at verse 2. Being with child, she cried out in labor, and in pain she gave birth. Now, we know that the woman is pregnant, which further demonstrates that she's not the church. So who is this child? Well, if you were to skip forward to verse 5, it says she bore a male child. Look at your Bibles, guys, uh, or, or even in your app. It should have a capital C. Okay? Because if it shows a capital C, it's, 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 it's referencing that this is not just a baby. She didn't just have a baby. She had a child, okay, who were to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Who does she give him birth to? Help me, church. Jesus. Jesus is the child. Okay? which can coincides with the Old Testament that prophesied that the seed of Abraham and the lineage of David comes the Messiah. Okay? All the way from Genesis 37, all the way through Revelation chapter 12. Why did not John just say, the nation of Israel is going to birth the Messiah. Because Nero would have said, Mm-mm, I've got to do everything in my power. to st-. Not so much Nero, if you will, but the Satan who d- was directing Nero. You guys with me so far? Okay. So, he, here it is. Jesus is going to be the rod of iron. Now, Cross-reference that. In Psalm chapter 2, it says, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Verse 8, it says, Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance at the ends of the earth, your possession. And verse 9 says, You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like the potter's vessel. So again, we're all tying all of this into the rest of Scripture. 
Although Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, the bigger picture, guys, was the Messiah was going to come from this tiny nation called Israel. Okay? This is where he's going to come. A small people. And at the time of the birth of Jesus, Israel was actually in great pain. You go, wait, what do you mean? Do you remember it was under the heel of this Roman oppression? The government was like on on Israel. And so they were like, when when Jesus came, a lot of them thought he's going to he's going to just liberate us from Roman rule. They hated the Romans, guys. I don't know if you ever feel like this, but think about the Jewish people in the time of Jesus. They were being oppressed by a government that didn't love them, and there was nothing they could do about it. Does that feel like us sometimes? I wonder if the Jews said, if we would just rise up, and you know what? They did rise up. In the, in, in, in the book of Maccabees, they actually, there was, there was a revolt, but they were so small that Rome, you see, Rome, Rome would just smash people. All the taxes that they collected from all over the world, they funded this massive army, and they would just crush you. So if Linda's going, listen, I'm, I'm tired of my government, they'd be like, too bad, Linda. There's nothing, you have no voice, and you could, and you're waiting, and, but, but you have a hope. You have a hope that your Messiah is going to come, and your Messiah is, you don't understand it's a spiritual salvation. You're hoping he's going to destroy Rome and set up his rule and reign. Could you imagine how many people were disappointed when Jesus went to the cross? I thought he was going to. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? We're going to have to, we're going to have to keep paying taxes. We're going to have to keep paying more. You see, because although Matthew and Zacchaeus, these are chief tax collectors, right? Although they, they, they've quit their jobs and they're following the Messiah, there's always another person to step up and go, hey, give me, give me your money. There's always somebody who's playing for the other team. Always. Back in our text, guys, we see that the woman is Israel and the son is Jesus Christ. When she's born, if you remember, Israel, again, was looking for their coming king to set up their kingdom right then and there. So we've identified the woman and her son, Israel and Jesus. The next main character is the fiery red dragon. Okay? Let's see this dragon. Verse 3. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his hand. And notice what happens. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw him to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Your question, who is this? Well, the best way is to let Scripture interpret Scripture. So, look over at verse 9 real quick in your Bible. So there is no confusion to who the dragon is. Here's what the Bible tells us. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, 
Notice, and angels were cast out with him. Do you see? He just explained it. He explained it. So he says, man, I saw this. It was a red, red, great, fiery, red dragon. And it was none other than Satan. It was none other than Satan. Okay? He's called the serpent of old. Why was that? Because that takes us back to the Garden of Eden where he tempted Eve. Now, here's what I want you to see, guys. Put on your thinking caps for just a moment, okay? Everything was great in Genesis chapter 1. Everything is amazing in Genesis chapter 2. It's in Genesis chapter 3 is where everything falls. So we only had, we, we only had one great run, right? We only had two great chapters. And then everything fell apart. And it affected everybody and everything. You see, Linda, the Bible says that God has set eternity in your heart. There's a part of you that knows what it's like to be with him and want to be with him and spend eternity with him. But because Adam and Eve sinned, they, they fractured that. And so we don't get the full view until we accept him, become more like him, and then go be with him. But our friends are folks that don't know Jesus. You, got, you, you know anybody who doesn't know Jesus? It's still in there, but, but sin is so fractured that they're, they're not spiritual yet. We're hoping, we're praying, okay? So another characteristic we need to grasp, guys, is that John calls him great. Did you notice that? He says, I saw a great. So we have to ask John, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, here's what we need to understand. Okay, John gives credit where credit is due. But here's what I want you to see. I want you to make sure that you're not giving him too much credit. Okay, there's a lot of people who give Satan too much credit. In other words, uh, oh, Satan's bothering me again. Oh, I can't. He's really, you know, the, or we'll hear this. The devil made me do it. You know, Satan. And, and you give him too much credit. Okay. You run over a nail, you get a flat tire. And the first thing you say, well, the devil's bothering me. Got a flat tire. No, you got a flat tire because you ran over a nail. But what I don't want you to see is that we don't give him enough credit. Okay. You know, you go, why? Because. There are people in a prideful sense that will say, I bind Satan. I just bind Satan. And I often say, listen, if you can bind Satan, will you do it once and for all so he can stop stop bugging us? I mean, if you can literally bind him. And and again, they try to rebuke and bind Satan in their own strength. And it's a prideful thing. Because, listen, the Bible says that even the archangel Michael said, the Lord rebuke you. Okay? Even the Lord himself in Zechariah chapter 2, chapter 3, verse 2 says, and the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. It is not a brand plucked from the fire. You see that? So, the archangel's going, I mean, and again, listen, Satan is powerful. 
And in our own strength, we can't bind him. We can't find him. We, we can't. I rebuke him. Well, you can't. He's powerful. And the problem is, is he's relentless. He keeps on, keeps on, keeps on, keeps on in our own strength. He will, he rolls us down. And that's why people ask, don't try to fight anyone in your own strength. Well, what should we do? Well, James gives us the answer. The book of James, chapter 4, verse 7. James writes, he says, therefore, submit to God. That's the first thing. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. We just resist. No, I belong to God. Let me give you a perfect illustration. Okay? You know the enemy is attacking. You hear a knock on the door. You look out the door. Man, it's Satan. Don't answer the door. Let Jesus get it. That's the best thing. Listen, I'm in the Lord. Here you go, Lord. It's for you. (laughs) That's not for me. I'll let the Lord take care of that. I'll let the Lord take care of that. I'm just going to flee. I'm just going to flee from him. There There are ways, guys, for you and I to defend against Satan. The Bible says stand. Stand. Okay, Lord. It says put on the full armor of God. Put on the armor of God, guys. The blessed parade of righteousness. Helmet of salvation, the belt of truth. Put, put on, get your sword ready. What's your sword? The word of God. But don't turn around. Why not? Because I don't have any protection back here, guys. He didn't tell me to run. He didn't tell me to retreat. All he said, Linda, is stand. Just stand. Look. Linda, what's going on in your life? I'm just standing. Just standing for Jesus. Is the devil attacking? Absolutely. But I'm just standing. I'm standing in faith. I got, I got the whole... Armor of God on. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Linda, you're in the midst of a major attack. Standing for Jesus. Shouldn't you retreat? Can't retreat. Got no, got no protection in the back. Just going to stand. The enemy is attacking. The Lord will get him. The Lord will get him. The Lord will get him. Whole different story when we invite the, the enemy in. Whole different story when we invite the enemy in. Whole different story when we open the door and say, come on in. Have your way in my house. Have your way in my bedroom. Have your way all, put whatever you want in my fridge. Put whatever you want in my cupboard. Put whatever, it's all, it's all. And then we wonder why we're being, no, 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 no. We, we, we can't have that. There has to be a level of holiness in our lives where we say, no, 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 no. And we have to protect our eye gate, guys. What comes in, what we see, we have to protect our ear gate. We have to protect our heart. Devil comes knocking at your door. Don't open it. Keep it shut. Say no. 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 Well, I went to church on Wednesday night and Pastor Ben said I couldn't listen to 80s music. That's not what I said. Right? Because that's how people will take it. Well, I'm not supposed to listen. And, that, and some of that Bon Jovi and Journey, that's just devil. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you know exactly what's against the word of God Don't let that in your house. Don't let that in your heart. Don't let that. Those of you that are married in here, protect your marriage. Protect it. Guard it. We think that we're, oh, well, we're Christians. He's a Christian. I'm a Christian. The enemy is coming for your marriage. If I can destroy you, I can destroy a lot of people who look up to you and follow you. I can do that. 
we got to protect it, guys. We have to. Those of you that are single, protect your heart because you are married. I'm not married. You're married to God. This is what he's talking about. Resist the devil. Well, maybe it's too hard. Well, then I would do what James, listen, I would do what, what, what the archangel, Lord, the Lord rebuke, ask the Lord, please rebuke the works of Satan out of this person's life. Please rebuke the works. Please, Lord, go before us. I like what So says, order our steps. Go before us. I love what Moses said. Moses said, listen, Lord, if you're not going to go, we ain't going. And if you're going to, you know, you're not going to stay. You know I mean? He's just, I, I just want to be in the presence of God. But I want you to take a moment and look at your own lives. And I said, are you present people in the presence of Jesus all the time? Wanting to be in his presence. Wanting to bask in his glory. That's what we're about, guys. Now, who is this guy? It's Satan. It's Satan. This is, there he is. There he is. There he is. He's, he's coming. He's coming. Now, let me give you a breakdown of his names, okay? The devil, we, we know that, right? The devil, here's what it speaks of. The devil speaks of methods, okay? One who defames or slanders. Wow. Wow. This, that's what the devil does. This is his method. One who defames or one who slanders. We have to be so careful that we don't slander somebody else's name. We have to be careful. He's called the accuser of the brethren, guys, in verse 10. The name Satan means adversary. You go, the accuser of the brethren. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right now, he's in heaven accusing you of what you did today. Didn't you see him? Didn't you see the sin he did? Didn't you see? (laughs) That's what he's doing. But I didn't do nothing. (laughs) Guys, notice the description. You guys ready? He says what? Red. The red dragon. Red reveals his character. It's, it pictures his murderous motivations. Red. The Bible says that he's a thief who comes to kill, rob, and destroy. In John 8, 44, Jesus calls Satan a murderer from the beginning. Wow. Well, the word of God here declares, guys, that he this dragon has seven heads and ten horns. Seven heads and ten horns. Okay? The seven heads refer to the cities, listen to this, which the Antichrist will reign. You go, Ben, how do you know? City referred throughout history as the city of seven hills is actually the city of Rome. When people go, hey, Ben, was our previous administration, our president, the Antichrist? No. The Antichrist is going to come out of Rome based upon this. You you with me? Seven. Seven heads. Seven hills. The city of Rome. You see, the seven heads refer to a geographical place in Rome, whereas the ten horns 
refer to a political base, meaning the Antichrist is going to come out of the revived Roman Empire based upon, guys, the ten horns. Wow. Where should we be looking? Well, there's not a revived Roman Empire right now, is there? There's not a Roman strong empire, but there... Hmm. 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 Well, think about this, guys. Um, We're going to talk about this more in a couple of weeks um, when we look more into chapter 13 and see the kingdom of the Antichrist. But I'm going to give you... uh, Offline, I'm going to tell you who to look for. If you're interested, and I'll tell you why, because the Bible says we're not supposed to look for the Antichrist, we're supposed to look for the return of Jesus Christ. But here's a, I'll just give you an idea so you can kind of keep an eye out. But it goes on in verse 4, okay? And what happened? He drew, guys, look, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven. Who was that, Rosa? Right? He drew him to earth. You go, I'm not sure. The dragon stood before the woman, ready to give birth to devour the child as soon as it was born. Guys, a third of the stars of heaven, guys, remember, the stars of Scripture refer to angels. And they refer to the angels who were cast out of Satan when he rebelled. So he took how much? One third of the angels with him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in the presence of God, worshiping, and this dude, the, 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 this this worship angel decides to raise his throne. I'm going to be like God and then takes you with him. You see, guys, what happened is that a third of the stars fell to the earth. That's where we get our demons. Everything, again, is demonically influenced. Idols and everything you see. Everything, it's, it's, it's about demons. Now, when you, when you hear that term, well, you know, I think Satan's after me. Well, let me just clarify this. Satan himself is not after you, okay? Because he's focusing on the big picture. But what he does is he has his little minions, his little demons set up, and he says, okay, I want you to take care of Sarah. It really bugged me that she changed teams. She's given her life to the God. She's changing the world because now she's got three kids that she's raising godly. Go get her. Find out what her weakness is and, and attack. That's what, he's, that's what he does, all of us. But it's not that we worry about that because God is greater that's, that's in us, but it's just that you know. When you feel those spiritual attacks, you know. And again, this is where they were. So at the moment a battle, guys, was waged, the lines were drawn, the forces of good versus the forces of, of, of evil. And so verse four, verse 4 right here is a panorama view, guys, of spiritual warfare. You can just kind of see it. This is when Satan fell from heaven. He brought one-third of the angelic beings down to him. Satan was not satisfied with worshiping God. He wanted to be worshipped himself. He lied to Eve, and he still lies today. There are evidence of spiritual warfare throughout the Bible. This invisible war comes to the earth in various times. Listen, when you see the Bible through the lenses of Revelation 12, you will never read it the same again. 
Everything you know. Okay, like what? Well, basically, whenever you see headline news of something going on in Israel, uh, Amir Safari will come up and he says, breaking news, this is what's happening. Guys, it's, if you read it through the lenses of, of chapter 12, you know that it's demonic and it's from the pit. It's, it's spiritual warfare. It's spiritual warfare. When you read that our current administration is doing this or doing that or cutting here or whatever it might be, spiritual warfare. And I don't have to tell you, just based upon Revelation 12, just how you've seen your life change over the last five months. And I'm not even talking COVID. I'm talking about a brand new administration where things are just going crazy. And we feel like we have no voice. Revelation, the child in Revelation 12 is the Messiah. And God promises the ultimate death in, of the devil, guys, remember, in Genesis 3.15. I want you to remember, last week, okay, we talked about Adam forfeiting the world over to Satan, okay? This is why there's so much evil. There's a couple of things that you need to grasp in why the world is the way it is. Number one, when, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, they forfeited the world over to Satan, He is the, quote-unquote, let's say, manager. He's not the owner. He's the manager, okay? So he's he's a murderer. He's unleashing evil all over the place. The Holy Spirit is restraining a lot of that evil, but there's one other element that we must remember. God's given us a free will to choose, to choose to walk in his love and his grace and in righteousness or to walk in disobedience and to walk in evil. And sometimes we choose to walk and we're really focusing on the Lord and, and, and stuff still happens in our lives. Stuff that you're like, I just, I, you don't understand. It's because sin fractured everything and we live in an evil world. But the day is coming when Jesus is going to take back the title deed. You guys know that. And for a thousand years, he's going to rule and reign here on, on earth in Jerusalem. And if that's not enough, he's going to say, okay, I'm going to wipe away everything and I'm going to give a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to live eternally without any of the sin and the drama and all of this stuff. That's what it says. But understand, your life is moving through free will, an evil boss that wants to destroy you. And God says, no, 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 I'm going to set up my Holy Spirit inside you so that greater he that is in you than he who's in the world. So you don't have to run, you don't have to fret, but you need to know that's how the enemy works. Okay? That's how the enemy works. Satan. He knew that the Redeemer was coming because he knows Genesis 3.15, from the seed of a woman. You guys say that? From the seed of a woman, he will bruise your heel and he will crush your head. The death blow. Now catch that. Why? Because again, just from that fact of the moment, Satan goes, oh yeah, there's going to be a redeemer. And he's going to offer the final death blow to me. But a very quick view of that says women don't have seeds. They have eggs. So he's talking about the Messiah. Oh. That a virgin will become impregnated through the Holy Spirit 
Oh. And from that moment on, guys, guess what? Satan has sought to destroy the plan of God, to thwart the plan and his whole redemption. That's what he's been doing. You go, how? Well, let me give you some history very quickly, very quickly. Why? Because first and foremost, guys, remember, Satan motivated Cain to kill Abel, the righteous man. And God raised up Seth as a seed, and his lineage continues. Where was that motivation? Satan. Okay, number two, Satan caused such evil to pervade the earth. If you remember, that God had to destroy everyone except eight people. Noah had to, what? Noah and his family had to repopulate the earth, but that's how much evil. Who, where was that from? Satan. Next, Satan motivated Esau to attempt to kill Jacob. Jacob, Isaiah's son of promise. After that, Satan gave Pharaoh the idea of killing every Hebrew male baby. Pharaoh was a great agent or was an agent of the devil who was used to try to kill the woman, Israel, before she gave birth to the Messiah, and that didn't work. Satan also tried to have Saul kill David. Do you remember that? David would be playing his what? His harp? And, and this evil spirit would come upon Saul, and he would throw the spear at him, trying to kill him. Why? Because the messianic line would come from David. You see, he's been doing this the whole time. Guys, think about Haman, right? He tried to have all the Jewish people killed in the kingdom. And God changed that around. And instead, Haman was hung in his own gallows, saved by who? Queen Esther. One of the most amazing scriptures of all is Second Chronicles 22, 21 and 22. And here we read the entire royal seed of Israel was completely wiped out except for one. Joash, who was hidden for six years, and God preserved the seed. After the seed, Jesus was born. Satan tried to kill the child, right, directly by using Herod. And Luke chapter 4, the people try to kill Jesus. Do you remember that? In Matthew 4, Satan himself attempted to kill him. Remember telling Jesus to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple. Oh, the angels will catch ya. Go ahead. Guys, Satan's plan all along was to destroy any remnant of the seed so God's kingdom couldn't come. And throughout history, we've seen Satan attempt to wipe out God's plan in the persecution of the Jews. Satan inspired anti-Semitism, and it's the same thing that took place in the last three weeks. And if you put a if you put an Israeli flag and you understand the word of God and you said, I, I stand for Israel, you might have been ridiculed or mocked or or said something. And now you know where it's from. Now you know where it's from. Well, verse 5 says, And she bore a male child, and he was to rule all the nations. We read that, right? Then the woman fled into the wilderness, guys, into the wilderness, okay? So where are we? Right now we're in the midpoint of this attack against the Jews, and it gets really brutal. 
talk about this already, the abomination of desolation, first three and a half years, right? The Antichrist is at peace. Oh, I'm just here to help. Let's build the temple. Can everybody just get along? And then the second three and a half years, he's at war. He starts this abomination, right? And speaking of that day, Jesus said in Matthew 24, he tells, the, he tells Israel, he says, flee to the wilderness. He says, don't go back for food. Don't go back for clothing. When you see this, get out of Jerusalem quick and pray you're not pregnant. Okay? Pray you're not pregnant. Right? In Matthew 24, 15, check this out. He says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. He says, then let those in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him, right, let who's on the housetop not go down or take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back for his clothes. Woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. Pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Now, again, he's obviously talking to Israel, is he not? Why? Because you and I as Gentiles, we don't celebrate the Sabbath. But the Jews still do, even today. For the most part, a lot of them do. So the woman right here, guys, flees to the wilderness, right? And she's prepared. She's taken care of by God, and he's going to take care of her. Let me show show this with you really quick, okay? He says, I'm going to share. I'm going to take care of her, and I'm going to feed her. How long, guys? 1,260 days, okay? 1,000. So you go, well, where exactly does she go? Well, this is a special place of protection, Okay, Isaiah 16 declares that Moab is, which is present day Jordan, God would hide his people in a place called Selah or rock or Petra. Right now, if you go to Jordan today, there's this place and you can go in there and it's Petra. Okay, and right now, basically what happens is there's a lot of people who go on tours to Israel and they'll go over across the border to Jordan, and they'll go into Petra. Well, what they've done is they've read this passage, and they've left Bibles, and they left everything for the Jews to read for when this day comes. So when they read, they're going to go, oh, this is what's going to happen next. God's going to feed us. He's going to take care of us for that long. Guys, the city right now in Petra, this whole area. Now, remember, Jordan used to be at war with Israel. Now they're friends. They're the only ones who, who, who allow that. And this place right now, Petra, Sila, can hold up to 1.5 million people. So can you imagine a mass exodus from Israel across when this happens? When this happens? Wow. But some of my A-type personality people would go, Ben, I, I have a question. Um, three and a half years times 365, it doesn't add up. It comes out to 1,277.5 days. Um, hmm. Okay, jot this down. The, the, remember that God uses the Jewish 360-day prophetic calendar. 360 days. Not the Julian calendar. So 360 days times three and a half years comes out to 1,260 days. You're like, wow. 
can God feed 1.5 million people for three and a half years? Well, did he not feed the, the two million people in the wilderness for 40? Wow. Guys, it's nothing for him. Now, let's close. Let's close, okay? You might be wondering this evening, guys, how does this apply to me? Okay, because I've got a lot of information. How does this apply? Okay, what can I take home? How can I be challenged? That's the point. What's my challenge? Okay, well, let me share some thoughts, okay? Listen, when you gave your life to the Lord, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you made an eternal friend. You go, amen, but you also made an enemy. Okay, you guys know that. And Satan, you may think, well, what have I done to deserve being an enemy of Satan? Well, listen, you've done the worst thing possible. You go, what do you mean? Well, listen, when you made a decision for Jesus, the Lord and Savior of your life, with that decision, you left Satan's camp and joined Jesus's camp. You got that, right? You go, okay, I'm down with that. So what should I do? The first thing is to know your enemy. How? Read the scripture and know the pattern of lies and temptations and deceptions. Know the accusations and the allurements so that you will be well aware of his tactics and his methods. Know the word of God. This is how he operates, Sarah. This is how he, this is how he is. And so you can say, well, no, 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 no. Okay, I know where that's coming from. Okay, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay, I know where that is. I know that's not, okay, I know what it is. We know that. The second thing you do, okay, is if you feel like you're being attacked, don't try to fight him. Don't try to fight him on your own. Go to the Father in prayer and tell him what the enemy's doing then sit back in confidence and let your Father in heaven fight this battle for you. Remember, 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is with you is greater than he who is in the world. Okay? Great application for us as we... Get ready to go. Father, we thank you for your word tonight and the truth in your word. We thank you, God, that we can grasp this. There's, Lord, there were six verses and there was just so much. And Lord, chapter 12 has 17. So help us to grow and learn in this and help us to apply what we've learned tonight. I pray for all those watching online. I pray, God, that you would, uh, Lord, just bless them. Um, Thank you. We pray for those that can't make it tonight, and we just bless those who are here. So we love you, Lord, and we just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.